1: Flash there just
2: Flash. in. just coming in. Pelosi says, hey, we need to talk a little bit more about other things than climate change, CRT, and abortion if we want to pull off this election. You think? (laughs) It's only since the beginning of the year that the polls have been showing you it's about inflation, food prices, gas prices, crime in the border that people are concerned about. Green stuff ain't even on their list. They're wanting to feed their families, folks. And Pelosi just figured it out. Well it's time for her to to give up her uh, gavel. That's all I gotta say. She'll lose the Democrats, the Democrats will lose the House. She won't be speaker. She'll have to give up the gavel and that needs to happen, so that's a good thing. That is a good thing. All right, so I've got a lot of information for you for this morning. Duck and uh, Joe will not be here today, so no car uh, questions or answers for you. We'll zero in on what's going on with the election, because, man, I'll tell you what, things are changing rapidly. Uh, I really want to talk about uh, this uh, Fetterman uh, debate an Oz debate. The left amazes me. They shouldn't. They do. Uh, and and how they try to change uh, the tenor of a conversation. I don't know if any of you watched it or not. I, I only watched about 25 minutes of it. That's all I needed to watch. And uh, as I watched it, it was painful to watch. Watching uh, Fetterman up on that stage, struggling, and I do mean struggling, uh, was not a pretty sight. And anybody who watched that particular debate, I don't believe, for the most part, that means there might have been a few people thought this way, but I don't think that they looked at him and they went, oh, my God. What courage, what fortitude that he got up on stage to debate Oz. Because we can see that he can't do things. And if you, if you say that, you're okay. You, you kind of mitigate the left and how they're going to attack you. But if you're like me and you and you look and you're watching that, and if I was in Pennsylvania, there's no way I could vote for the man. He has a hard time putting a series of sentences together. And then I'm called an ableist. That's the newest word. Have you heard it? I mean, you know, we all know about racist. You all know about xenophobe and, and all the other words that they call uh, people now. Well, now they've got this one, that, and, and it's been around a little while, but now you're an ableist. An ableist is a person that says because a person has a disability, you say that they're not able to do their job. I've never said that in my life, just so you'll know. Look, we know people can have disabilities and do their jobs. Franklin Delano Roosevelt proved that back in the 40s. And there's been a lot of people that have, you know, gone on and had careers that have been uh, constrained to wheelchairs, uh, to uh, braces on their legs, to crutches, uh, to all kinds of people who have been blind, who have served. But when cognitively you have problems putting together sentences, being able to understand what people are saying to you, unless you have special equipment... And if that special equipment is even there, the people who that are running your campaign say it didn't work. And they go back and the host and the people who had the the equipment for this person shows that it does. It's ridiculous. I mean, I I feel bad for Biden at times. And that they keep putting him out in front of the people, and he stumbles and he and he screws up. Let me. The comedians don't even say anything about it. Saturday Night Live doesn't say anything. Let me take you back some years, when Chevy Chase was on Saturday Night Live, big time lib. Now uh, you got uh, Gerald Ford as president, and the way that. Uh, Chevy Chase would open up Saturday Night Live as he would you know fall down because he would be pretending like he was Gerald Ford, and Ford fell down a couple of times. He bumped his head a few times. I don't know how many of you who are listening remember this, but I will tell you this if it had been if it had been uh, Oz that was showing these problems, the Democrats would be on him like white on rice. And they would be saying, this man can't serve in the Senate. Just look at him. Just watch him. You know, Joe Scarborough, after the uh, the uh, uh, debate was over in Pennsylvania, suddenly had a little bit of uh, truth break out of him. And he said, it was, you know, it was ugly. It was terrible. And this morning... Yes, I turn those kind of shows on and watch them too. I watched him and, you know, he's doing the whole ableist thing and he's doing the whole... He's courageous to take the stage when he's like that. What can I say, man? I'm just telling you that they want their people in no matter what. No matter what. Uh, They've got... uh, Some things that have come out, uh, President Biden working to help Democrats win next month in a Pennsylvania all-drama, all-the-time Senate contest. Uh, This discouraging quote gave the West Wing pause on Wednesday, quote, Fetterman's team never should have agreed to this debate. He still clearly has serious health issues, unquote. Just one of the many downbeat assessments offered by Democratic operatives and nervous analysts referring to Tuesday night's debate between Democratic Senate contender Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who's still recovering from a stroke that he suffered five months ago, and Republican surgeon Oz, the TV-savvy celebrity, intent on a new career in Washington. Monday morning quarterbacking about Fetterman's faltering debate Presentation that uh, he gave on stage amid a high-stakes contest elevated Democrats' anxieties about Senate control next year. Other toss-up contests, Georgia, Nevada, and Wisconsin, are not looking good for the Democrats now. Uh, the Pennsylvania debate between the 6-foot-9-inch Fetterman, whose speech is occasionally halty and imperfect, i question that, that it's occasionally halty and imperfect. If you watch that debate, you know what I'm talking about. The was focused on his health and uh, distracted even from an odds gaffe in which the physician said abortion decisions should be left to women doctors and local political leaders. Now, that was noted by The Hill's Al Weaver. Now, this is, by the way, written by The Hill. Biden and Vice President Harris will be in Philadelphia Friday for a rare campaign appearance as a duo to try to help Fetterman defeat Oz. The president and vice president will headline a political reception for the Pennsylvania Democratic Party as the lieutenant governor's lead hovers in the margin of error, according to polls. And, um, you know, Oz has got the wind at his back. Said one Democratic strategist, I don't think there's anything Biden or Harris can do at this point to help this party in the midterm elections. Biden directed the uh, DNC on Tuesday to immediately transfer an additional $10 million to the House and Senate Democratic campaign arms and offered an additional $8 million for the two groups through fundraising ahead of Election Day. That according to political Aides to Biden believe Senate control hangs on the results in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Others think it's going to be de- uh, decided in Ohio. L- let me just give you this, the states where uh, everybody's watching. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Georgia, and Nevada. Those are the four states. Personally, I think three of them are pretty much in the bag uh, for uh, the Republicans. I think Pennsylvania is so tight, it's going to depend on exactly how undecided uh, voters break. And after the uh, uh, the debate that happened on Monday night, uh, a, a majority of the uh, independents are saying that they're worried about the cognitive ability of Fetterman. Even Patty Murray in Washington, 20-year senator, is in for the fight of her life. Tuesday night, coming up here in a couple of weeks. She knows it. They uh, Where the money goes should tell you where they're worried about. An extra $10 million was poured into her campaign by the Democratic Party. Yesterday, normally she just shows up and wins. She was ahead of her challenger by nearly 20 points two months ago, and now it's down to five. The momentum is going the Republicans way right now. The Democrats know it. That's why Pelosi, you know, is freaking out now. And so she's suddenly having this epiphany. That, uh, you know, hey, we're paying attention to the, uh, you know, to the inflation. We're paying attention to food prices and the gas prices and all that. We're paying attention to all that. Well, you wouldn't have known it until last night when she said it. Because until last night, she was saying the only thing Democrats were uh, concerned about, the president included, was abortion, basically. We need the House. We need the Senate. We want to codify abortion. That's what they kept saying over and over and over. And they forgot that about 50% of the women voters that are in this country are pro-life. All right, 19 minutes after 6 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got a lot to kind of talk about and digest here uh, on a uh, Thursday morning. And uh, we get plenty of time. Sometimes I don't have time to talk about stuff like this, you know, uh, about things that I'm reading and and putting together and and uh, shaking up in the bag and pouring out and looking at them. they uh, don't get a chance. I mean, we know what's going to happen here in Arkansas. The Republican Party's going to hold all the constitutional offices. They're going to ex- they're going to extend their lead uh, of having the most of one party. In the house of uh, in the house, it'll be Republican, and we're going to add probably one, maybe even two, uh, Republican senators. So it's a supermajority, huge supermajority now, uh, for the legislature. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Don't forget about PI Roofing. It's uh, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. I want to zero in on that Home Solutions part because they'll do construction for you around your house. I mean, I, I've been trying to explain that if you have small jobs that you need done in your, uh, uh, around your house, in the backyard, front yard, whatever, inside your house, uh, most of the big uh, construction uh, companies, they're not interested in that. You know, you've you got to find uh, somebody that, you know, everybody that you know says, yeah, that's the guy to go ahead and and get him to do it, and try to find somebody that can do it that way, or you can call the folks at Pi Roofing. You know how good they do the roofs. I mean they they've got they've hired more people on the hand to handle all the roofing that they've and jobs that they have out there. I mean they're, they're doing Agape Church. They're doing big stuff. They've done. Uh, uh, some of the uh, VIP cinemas that uh, um, Matt Smith has being worked on. They do a lot of work on, on, on commercial properties as well as residential properties. I had them come over Monday, tell me what they would, it would take to get them to fix my deck. I'm supposed to be getting a, a written estimate here in the next couple of days. So when you're thinking about construction... And I'm not just talking about damage done by your roof wearing out. I'm talking about if you're, you know, maybe you're going to just add a closet or something in your, in your, uh, your house. Talk to the folks at PI Roofing. They'll give you the great professionalism that you give them as far as their, as your roof goes, and their construction business as well. It's PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Give them a call, 501-707-3115, or visit them online, com. So the Democrats are definitely starting to uh, panic, and they know that the writing on the wall is not good. Yesterday, I read that Hill uh, headline to you that they uh, basically uh, said that uh, the House is going to be turned red. Pelosi is going to be turned out as Speaker, and uh, changes are coming to Washington, D.C. They're not ready to say that about the Senate yet. I think they should go ahead and say it. I think it's going to happen. Uh, Arizona, I believe, has tightened up completely, and you can expect that uh, it's going to fall under the weight of, uh, of a Republican onslaught. Cary Lake, I had a, a story here, who's running for governor uh, out there in Arizona. Something that I, I wanted to show you here. And uh, got all this paperwork. I'm going to have to start getting those little sticky things again and putting them on the edges of the pages and leave, leave uh, notes to myself. It's here, Dave. There's the place where it's at. Anyway, Kerry Lake is 11 points up in the gubernatorial race now out in Arizona. That was about, she was at a three-point disadvantage not more than a few weeks ago. She's up by 11 now. And I think that that uh, bodes well uh, for uh, the folks that are, you know, running uh, against the, uh, the Senate candidate out there. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, don't forget election night, I'll be on here with you from eight until uh, ten o'clock. But from uh, six o'clock until two in the morning, uh, Salem Radio Network will be giving you, you know minute by minute, hour by hour uh, information, concession speeches, acceptance speeches, you know, winning speeches, losing speeches uh, during the evening. And you'll be able to keep up with all of it. Plus, they'll they'll keep the count going. About you know, uh, there'll come there'll come a time on uh, the eighth in the evening uh, that uh, Fox is going to announce, NBC is going to announce, CBS is going to announce, uh, you know, ABC, PBS, MSNBC, CNBC, all of, all of them going to have to. Uh, announce that Republicans have taken control of the House. Uh, how big it will be? It's anybody's guess. I've said that it would be a gain of 45 seats. That's a big, big, big uh, step out by me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Most people say 12 to 15 seats. I think I think those people are crazy. And last night I was reading uh, uh, some material from uh, Newt Gingrich, and he said that there's going to be a change, he feels, of 30 to 50, and he thinks the number is going to be 44 seats. So uh, I've been watching this closely. I've been following this closely. I don't see how you can have the kind of economy we have, a president that is... Uh, Trying to destroy the fossil fuel industry, who's got food prices up by thirteen to fifteen percent year to year. That's uh, you know gas prices. He talks about look how they're down. Look how great they are. You look year to year, they're way up, over a dollar more a gallon and he's ballyhooing, and the only way he's keeping that happening is by draining the Strategic Oil Reserve, which I'll have more to say about a little later in the show. A warning from Saudi Arabia about that. All right, got to get news. That's up next, and then uh, focus on the family on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I love talking about them because my buddy Eric Coleman, the owner, has you in mind. He wants to be your jeweler. He wants to be the guy who takes care of not only selling you something, something that you want, that you've come into his shop, that you've come in to look at the display cases. He's moved you around. Or you can look for you know, what it is that uh, you want to add to uh, your jewelry uh, collection. But uh, also, he wants to talk to you about he can make uh, unique creations. He can fashion a... Uh, you know, a, a, a bridal set for you that's going to save you uh, about 20%. Uh, he's got all kinds of loose stones that you can look at. And then uh, you can look at them and decide what kind of uh, setting that you want you know, for that engagement ring that you're going to give to that uh, special someone. And uh, Eric can help you with all of that. And he's going to save you money. Uh, and he's going to make you uh, just immensely quality stuff. Or uh, you'll you'll pick something out from another designer in his display case. And it's all, uh, you know, super uh, wonderful looking jewelry. If you need cleaning of your jewelry, he'll do that. If you need something fixed, he'll do that. He does it all. Every bit of it. A to Z it has got over forty years of experience. You get a state jewelry, jewelry. Let's say you you you're handed down a bunch of jewelry from your mother uh, at her passing. Uh, you want to maybe make something out of that. Uh, Erica talked to you about it. He can melt down the gold. He can make it into another ring uh, that you can wear to remember your mother by. Or uh, if you're saying, well, how much is it worth? He'll look at it, and he'll appraise it for you as well. That's Eric Coleman over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 3,000 Cavanaugh where they're located here in Little Rock. They're open Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Eric would like you to stop by and, and visit with her. Uh, he's going to be on uh, my show on the 9th. Of November, so you know keep that in mind because you'll want to hear what he has to say. He'll talk what's going to be really hot during the Christmas season, guys. you'll want to know what that is all right six thirty eight here on the Dave Ellswick show Hillcrest designer jewelry, three thousand Cavanaugh again Monday through Saturday, ten to six. The owner, the man that you'll talk to is Eric Coleman. all right, so we've been talking about what's going on on all of this election stuff. Uh, In Nevada, Lexalt uh, looks like he's going to win there. He'll be in the Senate uh, against his uh, Democratic challenger. Uh, They're saying that they have the most – they're the person that's on the top of the list uh, with a bullseye on them to be replaced. And one of the things that they're finding is that they're losing – uh, because of inflation, high cost of uh, gas, high cost of uh, uh, food, they're losing the Latino vote. They're moving uh, from, you know, supporting the Democrats uh, to supporting uh, the, uh, the Republicans. And uh, there was a, a Republican, or a, pardon me, a Democratic strategist who was talking about that. And he said to his fellow Democrats, as he was talking uh, about that particular race, that they're losing the, uh, the working class, the people who are, you know, making the beds, serving the food, parking the cars, and a lot of them are Latinos, and they're losing them. And uh, uh, a strategist said, let me tell you what. If we don't make the cost of living come down here in Nevada, if we don't get in there and and show the Latino voters that we have them in mind and not just taking them for granted, uh, it's just not white middle class workers we'll have to worry about. Uh, it's the whole Latino middle class that we'll have to worry about. And that is a huge, huge voting block. Uh, in in uh, Nevada, especially in Las Vegas. Uh, if you've ever been out to Las Vegas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those are hardworking people. They're trying to advance uh, their families. And unless you show that you have their uh, best interests in mind, uh, they ain't wedded to the Democratic Party. And that's being proven uh, left and right. Speaking of the Democrats, and and Latinos, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about about uh, that. Uh, you'll remember uh, a couple months ago we were talking about uh, con- uh, Congresswoman Maya Flores down in Texas. She's a Republican, and uh, she was elected in a solid blue district. It was solid, and the Democrats want that area back to themselves. So. Uh, they moved her district into an even more solid blue district. And she's still leading in her race. Uh, but let's talk about the, uh, the hypocrisy of Democrats. Uh, Town Hall, which is owned, by the way, by Salem, uh, who owns this radio station, uh, exclusively learned That The Congresswoman was prevented from joining the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, uh, the leading caucus for Latino members of Congress, because why? Only because she is a Republican and membership is only reserved for Democrats. Now, they started the uh, Congressional Hispanic Caucus 30, maybe 40 years ago, and it was a bipartisan issue. There was a split uh, about 20, 15, 20 years ago over Cuba. Republicans are very uh, pro-helping the Cuban people. And uh, for some reason, Hispanic caucus didn't want anything to do with them, and it split. Now, remember that Flores is the first uh, congresswoman... Or, first member of Congress that was born in Mexico came over to the United States uh, the right way with her family and got uh, and became a citizen. She requested to join the CHC in early October and was rejected shortly thereafter because she is a Republican in their bylaws now. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus says if you're a Republican, you cannot be in their caucus. Let's try to do that. I'll start a, I'll start a caucus. I'll call it uh, the Caucasian Caucus or something. And we won't allow any Democrats to join it. Only if you're a Republican. And watch the names that I'm called just you just see what names that I would be called same thing that's you know going on with a lot with uh, Fetterman Fetterman he's courageous you know he's out there uh, standing and saying yes I have a problem and uh, yes but I can still be senator Uh, you let that be a Republican and see how the media treats him see if anybody says that see what see what they say about him on the view huh yeah, see, but that—that that, they're not the view, they're the blind. That's what they are. They're blinded uh, by their hatred of anything conservative. Uh, anyway, Flores is not only first Mexican-born woman to serve in Congress, she also represents a district along the U.S.-Mexico border that is overwhelmingly Latino. The Washington Examiner reporting she is the first Mexican-born woman to be elected to Congress and the first Republican to win Texas' 34th congressional district in more than 100 years. Incredible. All right, quarter till 7 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me tell you about ICU. Uh, I've been uh, ballyhooing about them for months and months now. Uh, They are my security team. They keep my house safe for myself and the, uh, of course, luscious Linda. So um, I'm going to highly recommend that you give them a call. Just give them a call and talk to Billy Mack and tell him that you want a security system. You don't want to pay an arm and a leg, but you want some really good uh, you, know, uh, you know, security system for your home. Or call them out to your business. Ask them what they can do for your business. And they'll tell you about door and window sensors. They're going to tell you about indoor and outdoor cameras. They're going to explain to you about the motion detection that they have. And Billy Mack will uh, sit with you and talk to you or one of his members of his staff and tell you all about uh, the analytics and how that uh, leads to really true detection so that you know that it's a, a person, an animal, a car, big you know, gust of wind with leaves or something like that. You can do that for your house. You can do that for your business. On top of all of that, remember that ICU protection uh, takes care of uh, the Nuke 1 reactor and keeps it under protection and security, monitoring, alarm systems, and that uh, when you have. ICU protection come out to your house and install all of this. They're not going to ask for a check for all the equipment. Most of the other places do three, four, five hundred dollars. Got to pay it up front. Now with ICU, you get that free. It's all yours, and uh, all you got to do is pay for the service. And the service is uh, lower than most everybody else. Uh, Billy Mack does it and he does it right good christian man he just wants you to know you know he understands that he'll he's going to take it uh you know in the shorts so to speak uh, for about four years while he recovers the cost of that equipment but he's going to have you as a client and he knows that you're going to stay with him call him and talk to him 501-205-1333 That's ICU protection. All right, back with you. Here's what I'm talking about when you hear that people want to talk about ableism because of Federman. How about this to to Dave? We shouldn't discriminate about anything, says uh, this guy. See, I have my glasses, so there's not a problem. Now, if, if you want to compare Fetterman with somebody who wears glasses, I wear glasses. Uh, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Hey, Tim Hankey's is on the line, wants to talk to me. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm, do, I'm doing all right. I, I can't do anything but laugh at the Democrats.
1: Oh, I got a good one. We got a new caucus in Congress. You know, we got the Congressional Black Caucus. Right. Congressional Hispanic Caucus. Yeah. The Green New Caucus. Well, uh, the most powerful caucus in Congress is going to be the one that Dianne Feinstein will be the chairperson. Fetterman will be the assistant chairperson. And they're going to be loaded up with dementia-ridden, mentally handicapped caucus members.
2: Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, uh, you know, when I... When's the last time you heard anything from Feinstein? It's been year, uh, it's been years now.
1: They're just hiding her just like they hide the president and it's a disgrace. I yeah. mean she served her country well as as well as she could. She needs
3: to go. this why do they if her constituents are gonna vote her in again? Oh
2: gosh they time, will. I guess. Absolutely. It doesn't make sense. Thank you, buddy. All right, appreciate your call. Yeah, he you know, he's right. He's right. There's some of them that are there, and uh, they just stay there because people get used to it. I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you have a favorite teddy bear when you're a kid, and you take that teddy bear uh, to bed with you all the time, that uh, it's really difficult. I know it was for me when you had to break that uh, for your uh, for your child, because, look, it's it's not good for your 16-year-old to be going to bed and, and, and uh, saying they can't go to sleep or anything unless they got, you know, Mr. Snuggles. I mean, that was what my daughter's name was for her. Uh, her dog that she had it was this dog with long, floppy ears. And, you know, at about uh, 6, it was time for Mr. Snuggles to not go to bed with her any longer. And, and we got to that point where she could she could make it and she could actually go to bed and, and, uh, and, and sleep on her own. But, uh, you know, this whole thing about ableism, I mean, if we're going to talk about ableism, it's one thing to talk about somebody who can get up on a stage, whether it's in a wheelchair or on crutches or whatever, and look out at the crowd and uh, hear uh, the questions that are that's being asked of them. And can uh, understand the questions that are being asked of them and then give an answer that you can understand. And all these people that uh, also said, well, we know where he stands on the issues. Do you? Do you know where he really stands on fracking? I think that he's an anti-fracker. All right. He's been an anti-fracker forever. And all of a sudden, at the debate, he started saying, I've always been for frank, uh, fracking in Pennsylvania. Now, that's a flat out lie, and nobody, nobody wants to call that a lie, but it is. He's done everything he can to stop fracking in Pennsylvania that he could as lieutenant governor and in other uh, aspects of working within the Democrat Party. It's ridiculous and you look at how many people are employed by the fossil fuel industry, the man said, hey, I won't take a dime. I'll take a dime from everybody else, but I won't take one from any fossil fuel industry supplier. That tells you exactly where he stands. Now, I don't know if that means that Fetterman is stupid Or it means that the voters are just stupid. Or maybe it's both. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Have you been hearing the stories? Um, You're already starting to tell people in the Northeast because they still use a lot of heating oil. That heating oil, uh, which is basically kind of diesel, I guess. I remember when I was a kid... Uh, that's how we heated our house the truck would show up the guy would hook the hose across his shoulder and he'd haul that hose and pull it with the nozzle on the end of it all the way back to the back of the house and unscrew the uh, top of uh, where he had to put the oil at and then he'd fill up our tank and and then he'd stop and see my dad and my dad would write him a check and then he would leave and that's how we were keeping the uh, the house warm well they still do that a lot up in the Northeast and if they have a if they have a normal winter this year they're already talking about uh, typically to fill up one of those tanks was about fifty to seventy dollars they're saying that uh, it's going to be somewhere around are you ready for this for them 22 to twenty four hundred dollars a fill-up just to stay warm during the winter time. Think about what that would do to your budget. I mean, we can look at it and say, well, what's the price of electricity? It's It's gone up uh, somewhere between 10 and 15%. And I know that I look at the electric bill every month. Uh, Linda shows it to me before she, uh, we pay it. And I just want to get a, a feel for what's going on. And I can tell you this. I will be very honest with you. It takes me off. Makes me mad. A lot of that's gone up. Because we don't use coal as much as we did. Well, we got to be sure, Dave, that we're not putting mercury in the air. They have tested the lakes around the uh, coal-fired electric generating plants. And guess what? Mercury levels aren't there in any uh, kind of dimension that they're dangerous at all. Zip, zero, nada. But, hey, look, you're in the left. You don't care about facts. I understand that. It's what you feel. We're on Mil Mother Earth. Go back and listen to another Jim Morrison song, okay? All right, out of time for this hour. Uh, next hour, come back a little bit for you for the next half hour that we'll talk about some other stories. Uh, we'll get to that guy that ran through that parade uh, in Wisconsin was found guilty of first degree murder yesterday and sent to prison and he'll never get out or shouldn't get out let's hope that they don't we'll talk about the mayoral race a little bit in new york and how somebody who's a a politician can stand during a debate and say i don't understand why you're so worried about us not putting criminals in jail when they're you know we got runaway crime all across the state. We'll talk about that as well. Got that going on here. How can you vote for the mayor when you look at the crime that's going on in Little Rock? That's a good question. We'll take that on in the last hour today, and we'll uh, also have Grover Norquist at seven, or pardon me, yes, seven thirty-five, and uh, we're going to talk about if the uh, Republicans take uh, the House. Uh, Don't be betting on all those uh, 80,000 plus IRS agents getting jobs uh, coming up uh, here in America. More to talk about on the Dave Ellswick Show. underway seven o'clock on a Thursday we only got one more day left and we got the weekend in front of us and we've got hog football this weekend they're taking on Auburn in Auburn I hope that the bye week that they had last week got everybody uh, rested and uh, and well. And we'll see some players that have been sitting on the sidelines with injuries, have healed up and are ready to get back on the field. And uh, I'm, um, I, I've got that down on my my list of when I sat down this uh, beginning of the season and figured out who we'd win against and who we'd lose against. Uh, I had this as a win. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Alabama, I had it as a loss. Okay, so that one didn't hurt me when I looked at it, but that loss against Texas A&M, uh, that wasn't good. It just that no, didn't didn't like that one at at all, as well as uh, some of the other stuff that's been going on. Uh, they got to turn it around now. I'd like to at least end the season uh, with uh, the the win loss record that we had last year. I don't know if we can do it or not. All right, so uh, I told you I talked about this thing about the Strategic uh, Petroleum Reserve and how the president has been draining it. Hasn't been refilling it. He's been draining it. And he says he won't start refilling it until, uh, you know, he'll wait until oil gets down to about $50 a barrel, and then he'll refill it. Well, don't hold your breath for it to hit that. It was $88 a barrel yesterday it was up 2 dollars a barrel uh on the on the market yesterday and and that's because the reserves are bad they're bad and the president has been using the strategic petroleum reserves for uh you know uh politically motivated uh reasons he's trying to bring prices down a little bit at the pump so he can say see what i'm doing is working Well, Saudi Arabia is warning the president now that doing that could cause serious problems for the United States in the near future. Last week, President Biden announced yet another 11 million barrel release from the SPR. Now, is he just sending that here in the United States? No. If you remember the last time that he gave out, uh, he put oil up, he put it up for sale. Guess who bought uh, like 10 million barrels of it? The chi did. Yeah, they bought it. President don't care. He's getting the money for it. That's what he wants. But, he, and, but he's been falsely claiming that the move would lower gas prices for American families at the pump. The SPR is now at its lowest level since 1984 with just 17 days worth of supply left. The White House has been vague about when the Biden administration plans to refill the reserve after Democrats rejected a 2020 proposal from President Donald Trump to fill the SPR. Remember, little Chuckie Schumer is the one who did that. And the price of a barrel of oil at that time was $20. Uh, Reuters says that Saudi Arabia's energy minister... Uh, said some countries were using their emergency oil stocks to manipulate markets when their purpose should be to mitigate any shortages of supply. Uh, Joel Griffith made the statement that Biden drained the uh, SPR to the lowest level since '84 rather than stop the war on energy, specifically pipelines, refineries, drilling, and exploration. He risks our national security in a gamble to temporarily low prices for Election Day. I mean, that's why he's doing it. It's, you know, the, the Democrats were getting their lunch eaten with high gas prices. So they bring them down just a little bit, and the president, say, the president then can say, See, my policies are working. No, his policies. If his policies were working, he wouldn't have to pump oil out of the Strategic, uh, strategic Petroleum Reserve. If he'd get his boot off of the neck of uh, the oil and fossil fuel industry, uh, we wouldn't be worrying about any of this. Zip. Nada. Zero. But we do. And you, who are, you know, the the tree hugging lovers that you are, and believe that, you know, renewable energy can replace fossil fuels, it can't. It can't, with all of the windmills that you put up, solar farms that you've opened up here in the United States, fossil fuels still. Supply 80% of our energy needs, not to mention all of the other industrial needs that they use fossil fuels for. Wake up. Smell the coffee. Pay attention to a few facts at least. Please. The guy that's uh, the head of the uh, the uh, Copenhagen caucus, Lomborg, who is uh, was with uh, Greenpeace for years and now has... Come back and said, "Man, I was just wrong. I was just wrong about this." Has said, "You know, we're just not. This is not going to do it. We don't have the infrastructure for it. We're not ready for it. And that, uh, you know, renewables will never take the place of fossil fuels completely. It just, it just can't. Not if you want to have a society." doesn't work i'm working on getting Lomberg on by the way all of you uh, green folks out there should be happy to hear from him you'll have some information so uh, i wanted to remind you then about this story u.s consumers can expect to pay up to 28 percent more to heat their homes this winter than last year due to surging fuel costs and slightly colder weather. That's according to the EIA, that's the Energy Information Administration. They projected in its winter fuels outlook yesterday. Nearly half of U.S. households rely on natural gas for heat. With the average winter heating cost expected to rise to uh, over the three months of the winter $931 that's up by 28% from last year and instead of being able to go out and buy a, you know, maybe a, some steaks or something uh, now you're not going to be able to get them because you're going to be paying to heat your home or uh, we're going back to Jimmy Carter days and everybody's going to be wearing sweaters We all remember that, correct? Uh, The average cost to heat a home with gas last winter was $724, far cheaper than other major sources of heat. U.S. gas prices at the uh, Henry Hub uh, benchmark were up about 75% this year as soaring global prices feed demand for U.S. exports Due to supply disruptions and sanctions linked uh, to Russia. Electricity, the primary heating source for about 40% of homes, that would include me. Uh, It is more expensive than gas at an estimated $1,359 per household this winter. But that's just a ten percent increase from last year. But it's a ten percent we don't ha- we shouldn't have to f- have to pay. We shouldn't have to pay that. There's enough fossil fuels, enough enough natural gas. If this president, as I keep telling, get his jackboot off the fossil fuel industry, then we shouldn't see any rise in the cost of getting our electricity. Less than 12 million homes rely on heating oil or propane. That's about 9% of the roughly 130 million U.S. households. But those fuels will remain the most expensive sources uh, for uh, heating. Look for over the winter, $2,354. That's a surge of about 28% and 5%, $1,668 for propane. Homes that rely on heating oil are concentrated up in the northeast while the biggest propane users are in the midwest. Uh, EIA said residential costs will rise to $15.95 per 1000 cubic feet for gas, 2.32 to 3.45 per gallon for propane, 14.8 cents per kilowatt hour of electricity. And four dollars and fifty-four cents per gallon for heating oil. That compares with last winter's residential cost of thirteen dollars and two cents for gas, two thirty to three thirty-three per gallon for propane, fourteen cents per kilowatt of electricity, and three dollars and ninety cents per gallon for heating oil. So there you have it. And if it happens to be a brutal winter, it will go up even higher. So keep it in mind, uh, that's uh, what the, the future holds for us here in, uh, in America. All right, get a first break in, uh, then we will be back and uh, have some more things to talk about. i got more information for you. And uh, coming up at 7.35, Grover Norquist will be with us. And uh, how... Uh, the Republicans winning the House could stop the IRS from, from hiring those 85,000 additional agents. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, private property tows, where does your vehicle go to, who should you call, uh, what do they do, what happens to your car, your boat, your truck, your camper, whatever it is that needs to tow. All that can be answered by East End Towing. Because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they got all the answers. Look, they bought a brand-new tow truck that can uh, hook up to a big old 18-wheeler and uh, tow it to wherever it needs to go. They are prepared to handle anything. You call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849, and uh, you'll be in touch with East End Towing back with you uh catch up a little bit more on the news you know, some stories you might have missed uh daryl brooks has been found guilty for the parade massacre that guy that drove through that parade in wisconsin and uh you know what they say about uh, anybody who goes to court and they're their own lawyer that they have a fool for a client uh and uh so he 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 took it, took it upon himself to do his own defense. Well, he lost yesterday. A jury found Daryl Brooks guilty of all six counts of first-degree intentional homicide in connection with the uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin parade massacre. Uh, last November, Brooks plowed his car into a crowd during a Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring dozens of others. Uh, Brooks was convicted on all 76 counts that were leveled against him, uh, including first-degree, recklessly endangering safety, hit-and-run, bail jumping, and battery. Sentencing in the case uh, is going to occur at a later date, the court announced expect him to get life in prison. Unbelievable. That's just such an unbelievable story. Hey, Mayor... uh, Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot, she's been doing such a good job in Chicago. I say that with every drop of cynicism I have dripping from my lips. Uh, this is from Fox News in Chicago. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot proposed an ordinance giving the office of the mayor an annual inflation raise capped at 5%. Lightfoot currently takes in an estimated, or not an estimated, does take in an annual salary of $209,915, a sum that would go up to $216,210 as of May 22nd next year, according to the ordinance. Well, that's not bad. I mean, the uh, the school superintendent of Cabot is taken in close to $300,000, and she's a Mayor of, you know, the third biggest city of the United States. Uh, the proposal would allow the mayor's salary to increase up to 5% each year with a stipulation that the mayor could opt out of the raise. How do you like that? Isn't that cool? They're going to give her the opportunity to say, no, I don't want it. So that then they don't have to pay it. But if she doesn't say she doesn't want it, they got to pony it up. Uh, the proposed raise comes as Lightfoot has faced a stream of heated criticism for handling of violent crime in her city, which has increased 37 percent compared to 2021. Hey, that seems to be the way it always goes, doesn't it? I mean, you get these people that are like in the top of companies and uh, they run companies into the ground at the time. I saw that happen with Citadel, a radio uh, company, and you had the head guy, Fareed, uh, that uh, was making you know millions of dollars, and he ran that company into the ground. He destroyed it. It, it was it was like he was uh, the pilot of the airplane, pushed forward on the stick, and uh, dived it right from uh, you know fifteen thousand feet directly into uh, into into the ground. And uh, there weren't very many survivors except the pilot and the co-pilot came out of it really good, got golden parachutes, walked away with millions, millions of dollars, destroyed a company and still made millions of dollars and left the people that worked and and, um, made everything happen uh, to fend for themselves. And then you get the same thing that happens uh, in other areas. You get uh, mayors that don't do their jobs, and they want raises. You got school superintendents that get raises, and uh, the reading scores of the school continue to plummet. And uh, it makes no sense. Here's what I'll tell you. In my lifetime of working and doing the job that I do, if I don't meet uh, what the company wants wants as far as being able to sell the show, uh, be able to know that people are listening, I don't work anymore. I leave. And somebody else takes my place. And uh, it's just, it's back ass words, is what it is. Just say, just say it out loud. Let's, let's be honest about it. Justice Alito warned uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I didn't get to this story until today. I, I apologize. I should have got to it earlier. Said that that leak of the Supreme Court opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade, brought us Dobbs, endangered his life and the lives of his conservative colleagues on the bench. Now, it's, it's been how long? Five, six months? And they can't find a leaker in the Supreme Court? It's not like they got thousands of people working at the Supreme Court. What's the holdup here? What's, uh, What's the big deal that they can't find a leaker, surely? That's something that should happen. If not, then maybe the Sergeant of Arms needs to be replaced. The unauthorized release of the opinion made the conservative justice, as he put it, Quote, targets for assassination, unquote. Alito said during an event at the Heritage Foundation that in the immediate aftermath of the Dobbs leak, multiple pro-abortion activist groups held protests in front of the conservative justices' homes in the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia for weeks, sometimes resorting to intimidation tactics. He said that uh, never before, as, a, as a, uh, a justice, did he fear for his life that he did then. Because what the left was doing was telling people, hey, if you can get rid of one of these guys, you can change this whole opinion. Let's not forget the guy that was uh, caught was going to assassinate Justice Kavanaugh They were out there, and justices have been assassinated before. Woody Harrelson's dad, I don't know if you know this or not, shot a justice on the steps of a courthouse in Austin, Texas, and killed him. The major media largely ignored the horrifying story going on in D.C., After the leak, but before the decision, a left-wing man traveled from California to Washington, D.C. area with the stated intention of assassinating Supreme Court justices in order to try and prevent Dobbs and thus save Roe v. Wade. Left-wing extremist Nicholas John Rosk wrote his intentions online, I'm going to stop Roe v. Wade from being overturned. Whoever leaked that out, in uh, the Supreme Court, should never have another job working in a courthouse in America. Bottom line. All right, coming up, we got Bill O'Reilly, so we'll get to him, hear what he has to say, pay a few bills. You want to keep the lights on in my studio, and then uh, at 8:35, Grover Norquist will join us from Washington D.C., and he says if we can get the Republicans into the House. We can get rid of 85,000 IRS agents that are supposed to be hired. We'll talk to him about that coming up next. Back with you, Dave Ellswick's Show. uh, Bumper to Bumper wants you to remind you about them. Joe and Duck may not be here today, but the good folks at Bumper to Bumper do help make this show go round and round and stay on the air. So I want to remind you that if you go to any Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center, you will get a bumper-to-bumper certified part. It's got a two-year warranty, or 24,000 miles, or if you use a a bumper-to-bumper credit card, it's three years, or 36,000 miles. And uh, they're the best parts that you can get for your car, and they'll be put on in the proper way uh, by the folks at Bumper to bumper they do a great job for you and uh, you will want to make sure that you go to that bumper to bumper certified service center where are they located just google them you know, they're all over the area and uh, uh, google will direct you to the place that you need to go to so uh, keep it up to date keep it keep it keep it right know that uh, folks at bumper to bumper will take good care uh, of of you you want to make sure you know that they take good care of you and uh I've been doing bumper to bumper certified service centers uh for over 20 years I go to Joe's garage and I can tell you what uh it's just like Joe said they don't work on cars they fix cars and and that's that's important that's important you don't just want to take your car somewhere where they're going to work on it you want to take a car Somewhere where they're going to fix it. All right, we're waiting on Grover Norquist to give us a call. He's supposed to ring us here at uh, 7:35, and we want to, you know, uh, get him on as soon as he calls. He wants to talk about. if the Republicans get control of the House, how they can stop that uh, influx of like 85,000 new IRS agents. I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday uh, when we talked to uh, Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman from the 4th District, and uh, he was talking about how they felt that they could stop that as well. They were wanting to spend the money on... uh, a new computer system for the irs uh that uh, their computer system is uh you know 1970s and they want to get them up to date uh as far as uh their computers go i mean 19 1970 that that is that before compact i'm not even sure i mean i can imagine if somebody's sitting down in front of a compact trying to do uh some of the work that they need to do today analysts this uh, morning uh, await the government's report on the gross domestic product uh, in the third quarter we haven't seen it yet it should come out here within the next half hour uh, you know we we saw during the first two quarters of this year uh, a contraction uh, but uh, those they're saying that we should see a little bit of growth uh, this uh, quarter if they don't Uh, Then hang on. It's going to get really bumpy. Uh, The favorable numbers may be timely ahead of the midterms, but economists are warning that the report could be a one-hit wonder that overstates momentum in the U.S. economy that is slowing. That's a story from CNN. Amid high prices, rising mortgage rates, and downbeat forecasts of higher unemployment and recession, uh, most Americans haven't noticed anything about uh, uh, the economy, other than they're just paying more at the store. That, that's how the economy, you know, rolls out for people. It's how much you're you're paying for your groceries, how much you're paying for your gas, how much pay, you're paying for heating. You know bills, Uh, or in some parts of the country still an air conditioning bill. You know how much are are you paying for everything, your gas and all the rest. Know that uh, that is a a big that's the big way that people figure out whether the economy is good or it's bad. Uh, And then you got to figure that they're going to be. Asking this question, is the economy out of the woods or is that recession still looming right there on the horizon? Joseph LaVorgna, chief economist uh, at a securities company, uh, made this statement. He wrote in a recent note to clients reported by the uh, Washington Post, quote, the economy frequently generates healthy gains in real GDP around the onset of recession. Indeed, this has happened in four uh, in uh, out of the last six downturns. So you get a you get a little push and then the bottom falls out. so keep that in mind. Uh, Biden says he wants to help uh, us uh, by uh, forcing the elimination of billions of dollars a year in junk fees charged by businesses for goods and services including uh, bank overdrafts, airline and hotel booking fees, and cable selections. Uh, he said such hidden fees are too high and are unfair to consumers. The independent government uh, arm tracking the project, the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, is under fire in the courts and has been a long-running target for criticism among big banks and uh, of course, us conservatives in Congress. Uh, Economists have examined various uh, GOP proposals aimed at taming inflation, but few believe Republican ideas to cut taxes would help. Conservatives have told voters voters they want to reduce government spending and make permanent parts of the 2017 Republican tax reductions that are set to expire over the next three years, including incentives for corporate investment and lower taxes for individual uh, filers. They want to repeal corporate tax increases enacted in August while also gutting new enforcement funding for the IRS, and that's where that 85,000 new IRS agents come from. Let's go ahead and get a a, a quick uh, break here, and uh, I'll make a phone call, and we'll see where, where uh, uh, Norquist is at, and uh, see if Grover's going to join us or not here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me read again what I just finished up telling you. Uh, what the Republicans are looking to do, they take the house. Uh, they want to um, you know make uh, the the Trump tax uh, cuts uh, permanent uh, that uh, they're set to expire over the next three years, including incentives for corporate investment, lower taxes for individual f- filers they want to repeal corporate tax increases enacted in August. While also, and this is the part that I want to talk to Grover Norquist about, gutting new enforcement funding for the IRS. And uh, hey, Grover, how are you? Thanks for being with us. If it has anything to do with taxes, I know you're the guy to talk to.
1: Well, thank you. look forward to chatting with you on this. And yes, the $80 billion that the Democrats voted uh, to give the IRS without any improvement in the IRS's uh, problematic Behavior over the last several years uh, was a real signal to the IRS that it's okay to shut down the Tea Party movement by not letting them incorporate, which they did. It's okay to take individuals' private uh, tax returns and hand them to left-wing groups so they can attack them, which the IRS did, uh, and which the IRS has refused to cooperate with Republicans in Congress to find out what happened, to report to the American people what happened, That all changes with the the Republican Congress. The Republican Congress is unlikely to give the IRS a penny more until they tell you, so who stole the IRS data from Americans and handed it to a left-wing group, and when were they fired, okay? And who made the decisions to go after um, the Tea Party movement and shut it down, and who gave those orders, and when were they fired? There's a lot of it. Oh, they also destroyed the IRS. 30 million pieces of tax returns. Uh, this was discovered by the inspectors general the irs did not tell anybody this it was discovered over their objection that is a pile of paper two miles high we have asked the republicans in the house of representatives have said um did you shred it <laughs>
0: did right
1: you bury it did you burn it how do you get rid of a stack of papers two miles high and why would you do it because of course the irs gets rather testy with you if you tell them you can't piece of paper anymore because you destroyed it. Um, And the IRS's position was we can't tell you it would make us look bad. We can't tell you it would make us look bad. (laughs) People like that do not deserve $80 billion or 80 cents.
2: I, I agree with you wholeheartedly as far as that goes, Grover. By the way, whatever happened to Lois, the lady that was the head of the IRS when they were coming after the tea party?
1: Lois learned it. Well, you know, she did apologize, uh, and she got a bonus, <laughs> and she went off to go be rich and famous. I mean, the, the, the woman should be in prison. I mean, it's yes. what she did in denying people their constitutional rights to organize, because if you can't incorporate, you can't set up a little bank account, and you can't pay somebody part-time to do your Tea Party movement, the Tea Party structure was destroyed by the IRS. This is a political decision by the most political agency we have in the country. It's not the FBI. It's the IRS, and they go after people that the politicians don't like. I served on the Commission to Restructure the IRS. That's what they call it. This is under Bill Clinton. He appointed some people. I was appointed by Republicans in the House and Senate. Uh, and we had meetings. that We met with the head of the IRS, and I said, uh, I've talked to my right of Center friends, the Heritage Foundation is being audited by you guys. The NRA is being audited. The government, which, whole series of conservative groups, being audited for no particular reason. Uh, and uh, when I talk to my leftist center friends, none of them are being audited. Why are you doing this? Oh, mm-hmm. We have this nonpartisan way of doing it. No. <laughs> this algorithm, which does, I said that's great. I'd love to look at it. Let's we'll make a copy for all of us. Oh, it's a secret. <laughs> You'll have to trust us. You'll have to trust us. Yeah. And then. And then the Democrat, who co-chaired it, Kerry, Senator Kerry out of uh, Nebraska, he said, oh, I think we've exhausted this question. <laughs> we had to move on. You know, that was, yeah.
2: It's, it's incredible. It's secret. You, if you're a member of a, uh, of a congressional commission, it's so secret, you can't even know about it. That's ridiculous.
1: Yes. And it, look, the Democrats have gotten pretty uh, tough in demanding that people answer their subpoenas with threatening the send of people to jail and so on. Something that wasn't really done in the past. I think they made a mistake because having announced that in, you know, investigations about political stuff, when somebody doesn't want to talk or doesn't want to come and testify, um, you actually go after them and threaten to put them in prison. I think we could get the IRS to show up uh, if the Republicans as serious about saying when we send you a subpoena and tell you to bring us paper you'd better bring it um and you and by the way you know they tell normal citizens if you don't have a piece of paper uh, and you were told even in the newspapers that somebody might want to see it someday that that's it's assumed you destroyed it and it's assumed you broke the law that same rule has got to apply for government people they knew perfectly well everybody wanted this information and somehow Two miles of paperwork, straight up. That's incredible.
2: I mean, really, mm. is that is incredible? I that's you're the first person I've heard this from. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is all this. This we found this out by going through reports from the inspectors general saying, here's what we found when we were looking at the IRS. The establishment press doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, it's in writing. This is a government report, um, and the Republicans. Uh, in the house have said then the senate said we really want to see this and they've told them because they're in the minority um and can't get a subpoena uh it, it would be it would make us look bad i mean literally that's the the, the phrasing i can't tell you this to make us look bad I, I wish i'd had that argument when my parents would ask me questions you know uh, when i was a kid <laughs> i i tell you but Dad, you know it makes me look bad so i don't think so
2: yeah. Yeah. It looks bad on me, Dad. I'm just not gonna answer that question. Yeah, I know what's
1: just broken. I have no idea what happened.
2: Yeah, I know what would happen if I had answered my father that way. <laughs> I definitely know what would have happened. So Look, we're, we're two weeks away, less than two weeks now from the election. It it looks like things are breaking Republicans' way. People are finally putting two and two together, and it's equaling out to four. Although, some people in Pennsylvania, even after watching that debacle the other night with Fetterman, still say, you know, he can serve, and if you don't believe it, uh, you will, you know, let's talk about ableism, you know. It's just, it's it's crazy, but... I feel like Newt Gingrich. Newt, I read an article from him. He thinks that we're going to gain anywhere uh, between 30 and 50 seats. He settled on 44. A couple of months ago, I said I thought we'd win 45. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a red night, big time red night.
1: Well, it looks like it, and it looks like it for a series of reasons. One, they're the public polls that you see, and they're moving in in the right direction for Republicans to do better and better. You also see the Democrats in some of these cases taking money out of D plus six or seven, you know, in a, in a district that, that, that tends to go for Democrat plus six or seven. They're taking the money away from helping them and putting it into D plus six, 13. Districts, meaning they've given up on districts they should have owned, and mm-hmm. they're putting the money into a D plus 13 district, which that should be bulletproof, right? That's right. They but they need more money for D plus 13. Well, if they're playing defense on overwhelmingly D districts, districts Trump lost by 10, 12 percent, you know. Uh, states where we have a Senate candidate or a governor candidate, but I mean, Trump lost New York by 20 plus percent points. The Republican up there could end up running, winning the governorship. So, this surge, I and mean, it's it's one thing if Republicans see it, maybe they're, maybe, but the Democrats see it, and they're putting their money, their advertising money, they're making decisions, not just talking to friends. You know, I think we're in trouble. They are making investment decisions with their money that tell you how they see what you and Speaker Gingrich see, which is this is a bigger red wave than people had expected. Uh, and remember, when we've won 50 seats, 60 seats in the past, it was under, it, under under 94 and then 2010. That was because the Republicans were way down. They'd lost all sorts of seats yeah. that they should never have lost in previous years. Races because there was a blue wave against them. We're now looking at an almost 50-50 Congress. Republicans have about five uh, votes, and that's all due to redistricting by the Democrats. Uh, gerrymandering. Everyone likes to talk about gerrymandering as if it was something the Republicans did. You know, it's what kept the South Democrats for thirty years beyond when it should have, mm-hmm. uh, and and other states in terms of moving Arkansas, and West Virginia, only became <laughs> Republican at the state legislative level within the last. 10 years.
2: <laughs> yeah, 2010. <laughs> we're
1: crying out- Yeah. Uh, so this, it, it, as that fades, uh, and then, you know, when, when you, when we have this election, Ohio and North Carolina were gerrymandered by uh, judges. And judges in North Carolina, the two Democrats, will probably lose their election this time out uh, because finally they're putting uh, a party affiliation with you when you run for office. Judges can pretend to be moderates are reasonable and conservative if there's no party affiliation and they just say oh that's me I'm a, I'm a moderate reasonable person but if you have to run as an r or a d first of all in the primary uh a real republican can defeat a fake democrat republican uh we're going to in north carolina we should pick up two or three house seats as they redistrict and the same thing in ohio where a supreme court judge decided to throw into the democratic gerrymandering so we've actually had. Serious gerrymandering against the Republicans. Some of which will be fixed after this election because courts will improve.
2: Well, that's great. That's good news. They're talking about a race where they're spending more money than they ever thought they'd have to. Patty Murray uh, out there uh, in in Washington. She's being seriously challenged this time.
1: I didn't think they let Republicans run in Washington. State. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's very, that's very impressive. At,
2: uh, at least west of the Cascades.
1: That's true. Both Oregon and Washington have some very red uh, parts of that state. And I guess everyone's in a while wonder, maybe could you join Idaho? That would be nice. <laughs> um, so, but remember, Washington is one of those states that has no income tax. This is a very interesting thing. Even liberal states, the legislatures can't pass an income tax in that uh, state. Uh, before I moved to the United States, I grew up in Massachusetts, and there they have a single rate, flat rate tax, five percent, and the left keeps trying to raise it. They can't because the people of Massachusetts, even though they tend to be overwhelmingly Democrat, they're not—they're not crazy. Not with their own right. money. They, they, they want to raise federal taxes, but they don't want to raise Massachusetts taxes on them. Um, so I think, as you look at this race, watch. I mean, the governor's races are breaking for Republicans. There isn't mm-hmm. an endangered incumbent Republican out there. Uh, the Republican the Senate races are, are increasingly moving towards the Republicans. Uh, and, and the House races are doing the same thing. When Biden faces a Republican House and Senate, it's going to look a lot like when Bill Clinton lost the House and the Senate in 94, 1994. And when Obama lost the House and most of the Senate in 2010, they had to sacrifice in the case of Obama two trillion dollars that they were planning to spend. They had to give that back to the American people two trillion dollars over the decade. They spent two trillion dollars less than they planned to because the Republicans said, "You want your debt ceiling increase? We agree. Got to increase the in debt ceiling, all that sort of thing." But we're not doing it until you bring two trillion dollars of spending and give it up. All he, right. did. he did.
2: Grover Norquist, thank you so much. And then Bill Clinton, took, he, took, uh, he took credit for all of the things that we did. All right, we'll take a break. We appreciate you, Grover. Have a great day there in Washington, D.C. I'm Dave Ellswick. News is next. o'clock Thursday I got uh, Jimmy Cavan back on with us and we got some new stuff to talk about Uh, we've got uh, Joey McCutcheon joining us from Fort Smith as well Uh, I'd like to talk to both of them for just a few moments uh, about this lawsuit that's going on about the uh, prosecuting attorney in Lona County uh, attacking Jimmy and uh, what's going on with that but the other thing is that Protecting open meetings. I, I, look, I know the Chamber of Commerce hates that. They do. They don't like it. They'd rather it all be done in smoke-filled back rooms and then just come out and tell you the way it is and you got to live with it. But we've been trying to divorce ourselves from that kind of stuff since Boss Tweed okay it's been going on it's been a fight for a long long time you know, you know that i wasn't born in arkansas I'm a, I'm a i'm an adopted arkansan but the bottom line is i grew up outside of chicago and i saw it work itself out in front of the boss all right with the with the real richard daly okay i saw that stuff going on all the time i hated it then i hated it now and uh, I've been fighting against it for most of my life, and so, guys. Well, while I got you on, Joy, let's talk first about where where are we with this uh, this lawsuit for Jimmy?
3: More ducking and dodging and playing the Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope. Okay. Uh, you know it's sad, but and and you know it's one thing to to play Muhammad Ali and do the rope-a-dope when you're doing it and you're the one taking the punches. But it's another thing when the taxpayers are the one who are taking the punches, and that's what's happening here. They're getting ready to pay this law firm, uh, Jay Beckett and Cody Keys, no telling how much in taxpayer dollars to defend uh, something that, that uh, they should say, hey, we violated for you, we take responsibility, let's move on. That's not what I'm hearing.
2: Oh, they're gonna they're gonna take it to the to the mat. Are they are they gonna first take it to a judge that they think that they've got some some uh, you know pull with and try to get them to just get rid of the lawsuit?
3: I, I don't know. They've uh, they've filed an entry of appearance. Uh, I've asked to take the deposition of the uh, president of the school board immediately. Uh, they say they're in no big hurry. Uh, they say they're going to file some kind of motion. Uh, with the court, which we welcome. You know, we just, what I want is transparency. Uh, what I want are the documents. I want the video that support their contention. Uh, the misrepresentation to the court that they made, bottom line by Mr. Graham, uh, that, uh, there was a public vote on this resolution. If there is, then Jimmy Cavan can't find it. I can't find it. I've asked for it. We've pleaded for it. Where is it? Uh, it it doesn't exist, uh, and we just seem to be playing games here.
2: Okay, what can now it's Graham, right? That's uh, the prosecutor's name.
3: <clears throat> yes.
2: Okay, what can happen to him for misleading the judge?
3: Well, I've what what I wanted to do, and and what I've done is what I think is approach it the right way is is say hey can you just just through a, an email please provide me you know your explanation and provide me the documents the videos that that uh, where there was a, a public vote on this resolution and uh, what i get back is is we said it happened so it happened and then i asked for documents uh, i had to do a FOIA request i asked for all the documents and all the videos I get back what Jimmy had sent to him, and then I and then on a second batch of documents, I get the minutes which we already had, which don't prove anything other than the fact they didn't have a a, a public vote on this resolution. And, and as early as this morning, I've asked Mr. Graham, "You promised me an explanation," and we had a phone conference, and he promised me an explanation. Uh, I've asked him; I think this is the second or third time what I want your explanation so that we don't waste time. But to answer your question, I also said that, you know, you have to be candid with the court. You have to be honest with the court. And I don't want to accuse anybody of not being candid with the court if they have something to prove it. That's why I've gone through this extended process. But, you know, ethically, you cannot be dishonest with the court. And when he says that a public vote was taken on this resolution and then turns around and to, the, to the judge and threatens to, to uh, uh, prosecute a citizen. And, it, it, you know, those two things, uh, in my estimation, are, are not right, and they're wrong. And let me make one point. This is more than about Cabot. Okay, this, this is about Bentonville and Fort Smith and, and Bella Vista. And take your pick of any city across the state of Arkansas, if this can go on, it sends the wrong message. That, as you say, we are going to allow uh, backroom deals, and why not just meet down to local McDonald's over a burger yeah. and just uh, pass these resolutions?
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. and And they haven't learned the lesson yet over history that many times it's not the initial mistake or or maybe you tried to misguide or whatever, it's the cover-up that gets you in trouble. And it sounds like it to me that uh, the prosecuting attorney at Lone Oak is going to learn that the hard way.
3: Well, you know, uh, again, I'll, I've given him the benefit of the doubt and to, tried to work with him. And, That's what I'm saying. You're and, trying uh, to work
2: with him, He's and he's giving you the back of his hand, uh, Joey. That's what he's doing.
3: And, and what I've said is, look... Uh, you know, correct your mistake. Uh, you know, go back to the judge and say, hey, it, there doesn't appear to have been a, a, a public vote on this. I made a mistake. My apologies. And, and you know. Yeah, just uh, say in
2: hindsight. Uh, if, if that's, the case. <laughs> that's, that's all you got to do. Just say in hindsight. And the judge can say, yeah, you're hind. And, and you're right. You're a hind. But that's the bottom line is that we can move on. But if you keep covering it up, it's going to get bigger and it's going to get uglier. It's just the way it always works.
3: Well, I'm not I'm not going away and I know and, you're uh, not. <laughs> ne- neither neither is Jimmy. And yeah, know that it too. Is, it, it's it sends the wrong message uh, to our state if if this type of conduct can can be allowed. Now, look, I understand that 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 prosecutors for whatever reason in the state of Arkansas don't seem to want to prosecute FOIA violations. Frankly I think they should, but if if he would have made that decision and he would have said, Look, Mr. Cavan, you know, I, I, I think it's I think it's a violation of FOIA, but it just doesn't it's just not uh, something that I'm gonna prosecute, okay, we'll try this case in civil court and uh, like we're doing, uh, and move on, you know. Yeah, well. But I think it speaks to, to several different things here. Number one, prosecutors need to really, really start protecting our FOIA, number one. Number two, uh, you know, we need to look at these law firms that are billing thousands upon thousands of dollars defending these claims, writing these motions. Um, and they've got a general counsel at Cabot. Well, is she not competent enough to to file a response? What are they paying her to do? Mm-hmm. That's my question. Why are we wasting taxpayer dollars on an independent law firm to come in and and, uh, and 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 save the day?
2: Yeah, because her calendar is just so full. Every day she just doesn't have time. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and, and
3: meanwhile who, who's the loser in terms of transparency the taxpayer the that's who, exactly who's right the loser in terms of big time dollars the taxpayers that's why this legislative session Robert Steinbuck myself and others are going to call on the legislature to put teeth in our FOIA law to hold to hold the superintendent personally accountable if he wants to if he wants to play these these uh we violate for you and we're going to try this thing till the cows come home. Then let him pay for the lawyers.
2: Yeah. Get ready. Municipal league and all of them be lining up against you, Joey, you know that.
3: Because with it with it, the salary that he has, he can sure afford to do it.
2: I got you. I understand. <laughs> okay, so right now we're treading water on the lawsuit is what you're telling me.
3: We are. We, I've, I've asked again. I've asked for a, a deposition. They haven't even filed an answer yet. They've only filed an entry of appearance, uh, claiming that we somehow misrepresented the facts of the case, which we'll see. Uh, we'll see at the end of the day. But, but I think uh, what's going on here is, is they probably don't. I've, asked, I, I would like a hearing this week. Uh, they don't want a hearing this week. We haven't really asked for a hearing this week. They don't want a hearing this week because they got a school board election show coming up, and they'd just like this thing to just kind of be swept under the carpet, and probably until after that school board uh, election
2: is decided. I can I can imagine that. Okay, I'm going to take a break when we come back. Joyce, stay with us. I want to talk about why open meetings are so important. Why having this stuff happen out in public view is so important, and we've got to hold elected officials... Uh, and and those that aren't even elected hold their feet to the fire to make sure they do it. Uh, we got Joey McCutcheon. I got uh, I got Jimmy here, Jimmy Cavan. We're going to talk about all of this. That's what all this is all about. And we're going to talk more about it when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 17 after nine. Don't forget about Pat Davis and and what he wants to do. Pat Davis wants you to try out his firm because he's got the people that can save you money about health insurance. That's just the bottom line. You know, he's got himself, his son, his son-in-law, and they're all there to treat you better. They custom-build your health plan with what's important for you. No government-controlled subsidies needed that are crazy, and ultimately they're going to have to go away because they just—it it, it is not sustainable. Uh, private health plans that pay you to go to the doctor – did you hear that? Pay you to go to the doctor and are available all year round. The middlemen just rob people. They're there to sweep up the money and put it in their back pockets. And uh, here's what we're talking about there. The folks from uh, Pat Davis, your health plan man, will tell you, you're Blue Cross and better. United Healthcare, etc., are billed a hundred thousand dollars for a procedure that only costs ten thousand dollars. You pay the deductible and extra out of your pocket and you get ripped off that 's just the bottom line of it. It happens every day five hundred dollar cash pay procedures get billed at times up to ten thousand dollars and more, and you pay thousands that aren't necessary so give the folks at Your Health Plan Man team, a chance to see how they can help you and how to stop getting ripped off by the health care system. Call or text them now at 501-605-6935. That's 501-650-6935, or visit them online, yourhealthplanman.com. Well, Jimmy, you've been sitting here quietly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being quiet. And and now that we've gotten past talking about the lawsuit, let's talk about this whole concept, something that here in Arkansas – I mean, we've got a FOIA law in Arkansas that is, bar none, probably better than just about any other place in the United States. And it's to make sure of, for transparency. The The people who are paying millions upon millions of dollars a year in a state – uh, dealing uh, with a multitude, uh, a, a myriad of things, should uh, be able to know that that money is being spent wisely or decisions are being made wisely. And that's why it's so important to have open meetings. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
4: Well, I, I think the, and that's what Joey had mentioned, that this lawsuit is so important because it's not just it's not about Cabot in the sense that and it's about open meetings across the state. And using Cabot as the example, um, the a school board can pay the superintendent whatever they want to pay. That's they make that decision. But to do it where the public doesn't know it is where the problem comes in. They can pay Tony Thurman whatever they want. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they can pay. Uh, the, Uh, Deborah Brooks-Jones in Bentonville, whatever they want. They can uh, pay uh, Jerry Cleveland, Springdale, whatever they want, but they need to do it where the people know what they're doing, and they haven't been doing that. And the example is Tony Thurman got over $30,000 last year in bonuses, but the public didn't know it. Uh, He was getting $12,000 a year of car allowance, but the public didn't know it. They have the legal right to do that, but they need to follow the law, and that's what the open meetings are for. Yeah, they need to
2: let everybody know. I mean, I was talking to you during the break, Joe, and I'll bring you into this as well. I was mentioning that uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago is asking for a 5% increase in salary. Do you know how much money a year the mayor of Chicago makes? No, I don't. I don't know how much she makes. Two hundred and nine thousand dollars. Interesting. She makes less than the uh, superintendent of cabinet uh, schools. Third largest city in the country makes less yeah, you money. Know
3: that, you know that that is it is very interesting. You know one of the things that what we see a lot of in terms of open meetings is. Uh, the different bodies will they'll they'll do all the sausage making you know in 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 private discussions uh and we don't get to see the reason why because what I want what I want to hear from is why is why do, why does this superintendent deserve this type of salary why does he deserve these types of huge bonuses uh and maybe you can convince me but if you just do all your, your bidding in secret and all your voting in secret and all you put out is some nebulous statement a week, a month later, uh, we're extending his contract and then we find out about it, we don't get to hear from school board member uh, X about, uh, well, why why should he be entitled uh, to make that kind of, of money? Mm-hmm. And maybe they can convince us, maybe they can't, but at least we get to hear, the discussion, but you know, this boils down to conduct rewarded as conduct repeated. Uh, and if we allow this to occur in Cabot, then you'll then then Fort Smith will hear about it and they'll have their secret meetings. Uh, but, but da- Dave, I think one of the things that we need to appreciate, we keep saying how strong our FOIA law is in Arkansas. Quite frankly, the open meetings provision is in a state of disarray. Okay, uh, there's not a school board member out there or a public member that can tell you the definition of a meeting in Arkansas because the Arkansas Supreme Court has made various rulings that really, really cloud the cloud the uh, water and uh, and it's uh, the, this, the, so my position is, and Robert Steinbuck's position is, is that we need to have a clear definition of what a meeting is so that it's fair to school board members, it's fair to the public, and we don't have to rely on a set of of uh, Supreme Court court decisions over the years. And uh, we actually drafted one last session. We ran it by a committee. Uh, they did not, we didn't make it through committee. Uh, but this year, I think we have the the. Uh, press association behind us and we vetted this bill uh as i say it was drafted two years ago but we need to define what a meeting is but but to me what's happening in cabot is it it doesn't it's not even close you know they're they're just arrogant and uh and they violated for you they pass a resolution in secret don't come out of session and, and vote on it in public. And that's uh, just pretty arrogant.
4: And I, I think what they also do, and Joe backed me up on this, is when you catch them at it, they look at you and go, okay, what are you going to do about it? And, like, I'll give you an example. The process that I followed for for twenty five nineteen one hundred two is there's a criminal law in it. So as a citizen, I said, okay, I'm going to go down this path because that law's in there. So I went down the path of that and and nothing happened other than i got threatened for doing it and and i don't want to make it about me i'm just saying the point that that if a citizen follows the process set forth in the law to seek a criminal misdemeanor prosecution for somebody not following the law and then that citizen's justified in what they did and then they get threatened for doing it
2: all right we're coming up on break and then joey i'm going to let you go and i'll just carry this conversation on with jimmy but it's sad, Jimmy, that you have to be a guy who goes out, got a website, whatnot, and and make this known to everybody. Where the hev- Where where are the local TV stations? They're, they're nowhere. Where, where is the newspaper? Where are where's our reporters? They should be covering this.
4: You've got one guy, Mike Masterson, up in Northwest Arkansas, who's done a phenomenal job of covering it, but that's it. And we're to a point that, that, what does it say, that we're to a point that some guy named Jimmy Cabin that wears a sleeveless pink shirt that nobody really knows about, and he's the only one reporting
2: it. Yeah, and I'm challenging you to have that pink shirt. <laughs> Just really um, bring that into my, my broadcast. All right. Hey, Joey, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you for giving us a half hour. I know how busy you are. Hey, I
3: appreciate you having me. Enjoyed it.
2: All right. We'll talk to you a little later. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Jimmy's sticking around. Don't go away. We're going to talk about Conway School District as well today yet here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride today. Jimmy Cavan is uh, my special guest. Our thanks uh, for uh, uh, Joey McCutcheon's joining us just to bring us up to date on what was going on with that lawsuit. And again, they're just they're kind of treading water right now because um, I believe the other side, the side of uh, the Cabot School Board and whatnot, they're just trying to make this go away. And uh, number two, they they don't want to see it. Happen right before the election?
4: No, they don't want to see it happen before the election. They've got two strong candidates running for transparency and running on a platform of, of open meetings and in business. If one of those two or both of them get elected, business as usual will be over of mm-hmm. those board meetings, and they don't want to see that at all.
2: Yeah. So make sure you go vote. I've already voted. I voted Monday, first day, and just know that. Tuesday, it'll be one week before the election. All right, so you want to get in there and vote. And yes, we can be pretty sure that uh, you know Republicans are going to and you know keep all the constitutional offices, and we'll have a little bit of a gain in the House, a little bit of gain in the Senate. But it's more than that. You need to get out and do what you should do as a citizen of this country yes
4: sir there's no doubt about it and i want to point out one thing if i can real quick Go. Joey, joey was so so right when when he was talking about what it costs the school district and so what well, i'm going to do he, he asked a, a very apt
2: question you have a lawyer that you can turn to to take care of this case why are you going out and hiring a law
4: firm? That's right. Uh, Liz Segrest is their general counsel. They have an attorney on staff. That's what she does. So they're going out to Beckett, Billingsley, Keys, Jay Beckett, and Cody Keys. They represent so many schools in the district. They're a high-dollar law firm. And, and what's going to be interesting is when this is all said and done, I'm going to FOI the billing that they paid Beckett, Billingsley, Keys to defend this case. Because what Joey said is so important. It's easy to say, well you don't like what we're doing so i'll tell you what go sue us and so we sue us, and if they lose it it's no big deal to them because who's paying for yeah, it yeah they're not putting
2: it out of their pocket
4: no they're so it, so it it's easy pocket. to say it's easy to say we'll sue me okay mm-hmm. well it's not going to cost you anything and that's why we've got to change these laws that's why we got to get teeth in these laws to have more accountability
2: i agree there. i i agree maybe if you put something in the law that said uh if uh because of a uh, a FOIA piece that you're you're found guilty of not doing it, that uh, the board members and the, and the superintendent has to put up five percent of it. Sure,
4: I, I agree. I, of there's the costs. There's got to be there's got to be teeth in it because what happens is from a criminal aspect you have a avenue, but the prosecutors don't do anything. So the average citizen, I'm blessed that I've got Joey as a resource. Joey Joey's a tireless fighter. Uh, for right and him and Chip Sexton and Stephen Napatano, uh those guys are tireless uh, people and I'm blessed to have them a resource but what about the people that don't have resources so the prosecutor says hey we're not going to do anything you know they broke the law but we don't care so your next step is civil well how many people have the resources to do a civil
2: case? unless you can find somebody to do pro bono work yeah. for him
4: and so so that's the laws that have to be changed.
2: I agree. I, mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that, that. That definitely has to be changed. How much they they paying the lawyer there at the Cabot School Board? Uh,
4: I'm I'm going to lead a Seacrest contract and get all her pay. She's a general counsel since so this came up, and, and I'll put it out. I'll give it to you, and I'll give it to everybody, and we'll see what she makes. And then I'm going to tell you what Jay Beck and Cody Keyes makes on this thing. Yeah. And uh, because I can, and why should they make anything that you when you've got your own, your own counsel, staff, right? And so I can tell you this: uh, uh, Jay Beck and Cody Keys, and I'm not dogging them. Uh, they got a client, and I understand that. But they're making they're making a lot more money than Leah Seacrest is. So the yeah. Cabot's paying Leah Seacrest to be their attorney at the same time they hire an outside. Well, that's firm, why
2: you know, you know the, the the company is you know that's. That's their job. Take on clients. Okay, I understand that. I I don't behoove them that at all. I behoove the school board saying that our lawyer is just not good enough to do this. Why
4: are we paying them? Because what people don't realize, they say, well, if you don't live in that community, what's your dog in the fight? Well, the dog in the fight is, one, right and wrong. But secondly, people don't realize that school districts are funded 60 70% by state tax dollars. So it is my business what they pay Leah C. Chris is and turning why they're not using her.
2: Well, I have a dog in the fight. I live yeah. in Cabot. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah,
0: <I> <laughs> just for
4: the people
2: who want to know, there you go. I live in Cabot, and, and I'm, I'm going to. It wouldn't if I lived in Conway. I mean, I I watch all this stuff. I try to. I, I'm one guy, so I'm. Some of them may get past me. All right. But I, I try to watch it. I'm am not like a TV station that has multiple people in the
4: newsroom. Well, what I what I tell people is when they say, "Well, you don't live in that community. What are you doing?" I say, "Well, you know, standing for right has no zip code."
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. And you know, we'll not hear a story about open meetings, but I bet you somebody's at the cheese dip competition this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what's more important? Yeah, what's yeah. more important? I yeah. just
4: point that out. No, you're exactly right.
2: All right, so uh, this is all about open meetings, folks. That's exactly what this is all about. And there's people who are fighting against open meetings constantly in the state because they would rather they be able to do the business out of your eyesight and of course even if they did it in front of you they you know if they do like a lot of politicians and try to to gaslight
4: you and say that it didn't happen anyway well they're trying to basically what they're trying to say is night is day and they're going no 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 it's it's uh it's 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 not day it's night. and i'm saying no it's not it's the sun's up? No, 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 no. It's, it's oh, no. Not. The
2: sun raises and comes up in the west, yeah. not in the east.
4: Yeah, I mean that's. Don't it, believe your lying eyes. They might as well be saying the the world is flat.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So anyway, uh, one thing I can promise you, and it has been this way ever since I got here, uh, when, they're, when they when they overstep their bounds and they're not doing what they're supposed to do. I'm going to be talking about it. That's just (laughs) the way way it is. All right. Let's move to Conway because I look, I again, I'm giving Conway school board uh, a thumb up. I thought that they did a good job the other day in standing up to the transgender uh, provocateurs that are out there. Let me tell you, it's not about equity with uh, with those folks. It's about. Them saying we want to be able to do this the way we want to do it, and if you don't, we're going to call you every name in the book, and we're going to cause you every bit of problem we can. I, well, I talk about equity; I'm all about equity, and, and I'll tell you the left isn't. Let me just give you an example. Let's talk about uh, uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman in 2010. All right, I'm just real quick story here. Back in 2010, uh, I was talking to Bruce on the air he was a state uh, legislator at the time he's in the house and he mentioned about vouchers now uh, you don't say that word now it's that's it's a uh, prohibited basically uh bad word and that was where the money the state was given for every kid in uh, in the public school system he wanted to give that money to the kids and the family or the family of the kids and let them use it uh, f- to go to whatever school that they wanted to go to. And the left went crazy. I mean, they, they went crazy. And the reason Bruce came up with this idea, because if you remember, uh, the whole uh, issue of equity was uh, was it Lakeside. Is that what they call it? Lakeview. Uh, the Lakeview case. And uh, if you want to do anything with the public school system, things of that nature, you had to go before the Supreme Court and they had to see that it was going to be equitable. Well, Bruce said, and I agree with him, how much more equitable can it be if you give every, uh, every family uh, a voucher to take to the school of their choice with the amount of money that the state gives to, to the schools and they can take it to wherever they want to. Now, that's equitable. But they argued against it and said it wasn't equitable. I'll tell you why it wasn't equitable. Because uh, you had students that were, like in Little Rock, uh, that were getting $7,000 a student, and then there were students that uh, were uh, a minority student, and they were getting $12,000. That's not equitable either. But they didn't bring that up, the Joshua interveners and all the rest of them. So, uh, I mean, Bruce Westerman was called every name but his own, all right, during that time. Now, here we are, uh, what, 20 years down the road, and we're back at the same junction about equity. And we're going to see, I'm hoping, we're going to see universal uh, education here in the state of Arkansas, where the same amount of money gets uh, goes to education savings accounts, and families can use that money Uh, to educate their children. That's equitable. That is equitable. So anyway, that's where we're at
4: right now. And that's what what the Conway School District had to face. You know, we... I find myself in a lot of foreign territory here taken up for a school board. Right. Yeah. But one thing that you have to make the point about the Conway School Board and the way they did this is they were very transparent. And their meeting was very open.
2: All right. Stop right yes, there. Yes, sir. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about that transparency and why I believe you haven't had a whole lot of blowback no. about what they did. All right. East End Towing. Don't forget about them. Uh Let's say you're out on the road and you're pulling your, uh, your camper. And, I mean, some of these campers, guys pull around and they got, uh, they got the, 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 the trucks, the huge trucks, because they've got to have that amount of power to be able to get them around them. I mean, they're big, really big. You put, you're pulling a Winnebago behind you. What happens if, uh, you know, it breaks down? What do you do? Well, you call East End Towing because East End Towing has the the tow trucks and they have the know-how to get that off the road just like they can get you off the road. I just want to mention that to you so you don't end up just sitting on the side of the road twiddling your thumbs and worrying. Don't have to worry. Let East End Towing take care of things. No matter the situation, they can handle it. You call them. Here's the number. Put it in your phone. Keep it there. Put it under towing. Easiest way to do it. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. When you're stuck on the side of the road, you call East End Towing. They know what to do. We're down the last 10 minutes of the show for uh, today. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Uh, Robert and Chris will be with us tomorrow. Matt Smith will join me tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And uh, we're going to talk about it's uh, fall and winter is coming up. And there's all kinds of cool movies that are going to come out during that time. The new Avatar movie come out over Christmas time. Uh, we want to make sure that you know all about those so that if you want to take your family to a movie, what are the family movies that you can go see and and, and enjoy because that used to be what you did as a family a lot of times go see see movies that uh, were uplifting and things of that nature. I'll give you some of those tomorrow uh, on the Dave Ellswick show, but right now I want to finish up on this discussion with Jim Kevin dealing with Conway and uh I agree we were just talking during the break that uh, you know because this was a a transgender issue uh it was painted by certain members of the media as being uh, ugly uh these non feeling people that don't care about transgender people. I didn't see that I don't see it in 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 the different things that they came up with here's what they came up with if you were born biologically a boy, you used the boys' restaurant if you were born biologically. A female, you use the female uh, bathrooms. But they would also have bathrooms for those who were transgender if they wanted to use them. But they don't want to use them. They want to force everybody to go their way. And I, because I feel a certain way, I should be able to use the boys' bathroom, the girls' bathroom. And they wouldn't go with that. That's not hate. Everybody gets what they want here. That's right. It's,
4: Everybody gets a place to pee. All right. Yeah, I, th- I thought the I thought the school board and here again I don't take up for school boards often. You know, I know you don't. Uh, but I thought they got it right, and they did it in a very transparent way at the meeting. They they allowed public comments five minutes each, and they allowed. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and they sat there in in both of those meetings, and you can go see them online. And they allowed five minutes for, for uh, to let people give their feelings, and they had people from both sides. For the most part, everybody did it respectfully. You had one guy, one idiot, got up there, and basically said, "You know, transgenders deserve death." And then you've got one guy in an email that's going f you to the board and saying they should burn in hell. And but that's only two people. Now, what the media has done in Channel Eleven, Channel Seven, uh, Max Brantley talking all times, hey. It's no secret. Max and I don't agree on anything, hardly at all. We're oil and water. But I like old Max, and he won't admit it, but he likes me. But he's pushing he's – pushing, they're pushing this false narrative. Yes. And so what I did is I started digging in – through the Freedom of Information Act and got the emails and I'm going through them. And I'm, I've researched, I've done everything. Now, this is
2: amongst the board members Yes, the boards they were, that were discussing this.
4: Right, the, the patrons were sending them emails. They were responding to the patrons. And, uh, and what I'm finding is, based off the policy, based off the language from the board, based off the language from the people, that there is zero hate involved in this. Uh, you've got, like say, you've got one guy on this side saying this, one guy on the other side, but that's just two people. I'm not seeing any hate or, or discontent these emails. I'm mm-hmm. seeing people state their opinions. But I think what the board did is they were very upfront. They gave everybody opportunity to talk at the meetings uh, five minutes a long time. They listened to everything, and they made their decision. Their, the policy is is. is You can see it online. I'll post it. The policy is very simple, but there's nothing anti-transgender about it. Nothing. It's basically saying that what you just said, if, if your birth certificate says male, use the male restroom. When you go on a trip, you stay with males. When you get in the shower, you shower with males. Same way with females. But it also says if you're not comfortable with that, we are going to accommodate you and provide you a private shower, private bathroom private room if we go on a trip yeah and, and and that's taxpayers doing it but what you won't find in this policy is any anti-transgender hey now now uh like I say the media channel 11 channel 7 they run the headlines anti-transgender policies hey you said it when we we're talking break they find one lady that says well we're moving because of this
2: yeah we'll leave in arkansas
4: that's one person yeah You've got two or three people that are, yeah. And, but for the most part,
2: how many people might move to Conway because they have a solid you know, program?
4: Then you had a lady get up and she wasn't being ugly, but she was making the point that you know this would keep businesses from Con- coming to Conway. Well, I don't. I don't see Walmart leaving over this. They're not going to leave the the revenue. Maybe Target. Maybe Target. But <laughs> but the point is is you know. You know, businesses are going to come to Conway. If one business leaves because of that, they will be a business. The entrepreneurship will win, and there'll be a business come in, and take their place. Say, hey, yeah, we'll sure take your will. money. You're right. But it's just not happening. And so the narratives that all due respects to Max, the narratives the Arkansas Times is putting out is just false. Channel 7, false KTHV, false uh, AD, Arkansas Democratic Gazette false i'm just gonna say it i've challenged people i told everybody i said, come on with me facebook live come to me i if if you're saying this is anti-transgender and it's full of hate come to me i'm going to give you all the time in the world give you your perspective
2: well here's that. the thing that if that's anti-transgender then what they're saying the only way it can't be anti-transgender is to let a boy still with his twig and berries or whatever to uh, shower with girls.
4: Yeah, and, and we've talked about it, and I say it all the time, and I know you do too. Look, I'm a, I stand up for people's rights. People that I don't even like their opinions, I stand up for their rights. But their rights don't trump somebody else's rights. So the rights of these transgender people do not trump the rights of these people that that go, hey, I don't want to be in a bathroom with them. Why, why does their rights trump those people's rights is they what shouldn't. I want to know.
2: They shouldn't. And
4: what should happen is exactly what happened
2: yeah. uh, at Conway.
4: Yeah, they, they, you know what they did? They, they said, hey, yes, we understand you have rights. These people have rights. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a system where everybody's rights are taken care of, and the taxpayers are going to fund it. So I don't understand why anybody would be upset with this. It's, it's beyond me to say that this is anti-transgender. It's not. And when they when they go the extra mile to say it's full of hate, no it's not. No. And what you're doing is you're trying to create hate and division by doing that. When in reality if you go to Conway, I happen to live in Conway, you know, people have really kind of you know who hadn't moved on from this? The media. Everybody oh, well, else yeah. in Conway they, kind yeah. of moved on. You know, they're more concerned about Friday night football.
2: Yeah. And that's <laughs> so, true. I mean, that's true. Jimmy, we're done. For this week, you know, and uh, maybe next week we'll know what the lawyer makes uh, over at the Cabot School Board. Oh, yes,
4: sir. You know I'm going to find out.
2: Yeah, and I want to know because I want to know why uh, she's not being used uh, to defend the school board and why they got to go out and spend more yes, money sir. to do yes, that.
4: Sir.
2: All right, with that all said and done, let's take a break uh, for a few hours, and then we will reconvene tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. right here at 101.1 <laughs> FM. The Answer on the Dave Ellswick Show.